Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spark Creators. I am your host, Lisa. This is our second part of the interview with Tameka Montgomery. She's the founder of the podcast called Raising Entrepreneurs, a parent's guide to fostering an entrepreneurial mindset. She's also the president and CEO of Core Strategy Partners, Inc. A little bit about Tameka's background, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, Tameka graduated from Spelman College, she has a master's degree from Columbia University, and in 2012, Johnson & Wales University awarded her an honorary doctorate in entrepreneurship. Tameka's career in small business development started in 2001 when she launched one of Denver's first inner-city business incubators. Under her leadership, the Denver Metro Small Business Development Center, which is short for SBDC, was named the number one SBDC in the nation out of 900 other SBDCs throughout the U.S. Some highlights about her career. In 2013, President Obama appointed Tameka to lead the U.S. Small Business Administration's Office of Entrepreneurial Development, where she was responsible for a budget for more than $160 million to deliver training and technical assistance programs to the nation's 28 million small businesses. And in 2015, Washington Post Online named her one of the 19 most influential people in D.C. who can affect small businesses. All right, now let's dive into our conversation with Tameka Montgomery. So now let's move on to talk about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start the Raising Entrepreneurs podcast? And it was inspirations coming from your son. Like you wanted to use that as a way to educate and also fill up the mindset, you know, for your kids at the same time, benefiting other kids and parents out there. Right. So tell us a little bit. How did you start it and how was everything going? Yeah. So I, my, I left the administration, my role ended on January 20th of 2017. So I was there all the way to the end and decided, as I shared earlier, that I wasn't interested in pursuing another opportunity. And so I said, you know, I'm taking a sabbatical. I decided to take a sabbatical. And you get very creative during the sabbatical period. I do nothing. So I was like, first I was like, I'm going to write a book about you know, raising entrepreneurs. That was the first, that, that's how it first started. And so I started having, I started interviewing parents and their kids because, you know, it was a selfish thing for me too, because I'm like, I want to learn. So let me talk to people who've done this. And so I started having these conversations and I was like, you know what, this would be good as a podcast. 
And so my initial thought was, okay, I'll do a podcast. Maybe I'll just do 10 episodes and then that's it. You know, bam, 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 bam. And then that's it. So I started. Um, so then that's when I, that's how it became a podcast. And so that was in September, the end of September of 2017. And so I was publishing new episodes each week. Up until last year, I was doing that. So I think we have 89 episodes. And then um, my business has just gotten so busy that I haven't published any new episodes. Um, I have a few in the can that I need to publish. But um, but that's how it began was me saying I was going to write a book and then these interviews. And then it kind of shifted to the podcast. And um, the book ended up becoming Beyond the Lemonade Stand, which is more of a workbook. Yes. But you can still write a book <laughs> with all this materials and, you know, like the people you have interviewed, right? Yeah. So it has been almost like two and a half years, something like that. Yeah. Like running the show. Uh-huh. Um, now tell us about the process. And you said your husband co-produced the show with you. And how do you guys work together? Yeah. So, you know, I go out and, you know, find the guests and do a little bit of background and research on them. And then my husband, he does all the editing. So that that's what his role is, is kind of put it together and make it sound professional. <laughs> so it always surprises me when people say, oh, yeah, it sounds really good. I'm like, oh, really? Wow, that's so cool. Because it is it's a process. It's a learning process. I remember one time, I was doing an episode and I forgot to turn off the alerts on my um, computer oh, and it kept, oh. doo, doo, you know, and I'm like, oh, and couldn't figure out how to do it. So it's, it's a process um, in learning and um, what, what to do, what works and what doesn't work. And, um, but yeah, my husband, uh, you know, having him being able to uh, do all of that editing of episodes, is such a godsend because it's, it's a lot to put on a podcast from scheduling and having people not show up <laughs> or, you know, just little glitches and all of that. And then rescheduling. And that's part of the reason why I've had, um, I need to figure out what is the next iteration for me with the podcast because I don't have the time nor the manpower to go out and do the research. Um, to find new guests. And, and, you know, and to be honest, I actually think I'm probably going to shift from the podcast and focus more on just getting out there and speaking and just sharing and promoting the resource. Because after an 89, 90 plus episodes, not that I know everything because nobody knows everything, but I, there were consistent messages that resonated through the conversations that I think if I were doing more interviews, I would just be hearing kind of some of those same messages just from different people. Definitely. Yeah. So I would love to know more about that. Yeah. So I know that after interviewing a bunch of people, you probably see a pattern, you know, like a certain way how people think that like entrepreneurial mindsets, you know, like a similar. So tell us some of the observations or things that you learned through those interviewees. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about the parents and the kids, you know, a, a few things is one is I, I the parents would really allow the kids 
you know, and I call it direct. I call I, what I try to do at, with the boys with homeschooling. And I think this is what kind of comes out of entrepreneurship with the parents that I interviewed is it's, I call it direct delight, directed learning, De- delight, directed learning. And that is going, letting their delights kind of lead and be the guide. And so the young entrepreneurs that I've interviewed, you know, it's, it's been an, there's been something it wasn't forced on them necessarily, but rather they had an interest in something that was cultivated and encouraged. And so, so that was something. The other thing that I noticed, not with all of them, but with many of them, is that their parents, part of it was out of necessity, the entrepreneurship, because the parent would say the kid would want something and the parent would like would say, well, no, I'm not going to buy it from you, but you're going to have to raise the money and earn it yourself. So that was the other kind of motivator behind their entree into entrepreneurship was this, this, this carrot, right? This thing that they wanted. And, and I think that that is so important because, you know, with, with children, you know, if you say to your kids, you want to go to Dave and Buster? Yeah, they want to go to Dave and Buster. You want to go to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, they, you want to go to the movies? Yeah, they, they want to do it all. But then when you start saying, okay, well, you're going to pay for it. They're like, you know what? Chuck E. Cheese is like a lot of little kids. I don't know if I really want to go to Chuck E. Cheese or, <laughs> you know, they start, they start kind of making those calculations in their brain. And so, and I think that that, I think that's good because that, that's real life. And, and to me, teaching kids um, about or or raising kids to be entrepreneurial to me is just about raising kids with a real life perspective and um, you know I think and so this speaks to kind of what I saw is that I think that unfortunately as parents we raise our children in a bubble that is not really how life is and I'm trying to bust the bubble, <laughs> probably to the chagrin of my children. But um, but what I mean by that is I think and, and I think the parents that I encountered also did that, too, because they allowed their kids to confront real things um, and not try to protect them from certain things, um, but to expose them um, to certain things. So that was a, another thing, I think, that I that I saw that resonated through the conversations that I've had. And then the other is that it really, I really resonated with those parents who really allowed the child to lead. So I think that you can have kids in entrepreneurship and you're like, okay, is this really the parent doing this? And is this really a family thing? Or is this a kid thing? You know, who's really driving this thing? And um, I love it when I see that kid, like, no, this is me, you know, and, and you can see that you can, I can hear that in the conversation when I'm having yeah. conversations with the young people and you just hear them like, no, this is, this is me, you know? And so, um, so I think that, that that's good that the parent can step back and allow their kids to kind of take a lead because I know me as a parent, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a type A personality. I don't know. My kids may disagree, but, uh, 
<laughs> I know sometimes it's so hard for me not to just want to put my hands in everything. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, um, it takes practice. Um, so I understand, I understand that, but I think those parents who empower their kids and give them the confidence in their choices and then their own creative, like, you know, creative confidence, um, I think is a good thing. Yeah. So something interesting I found during the interview is that when the parents initially actually rejected the idea, say, I don't want to do that. I think it's too much trouble. Like, or if you want to think about it, like, let's think about it, you know, like in the next two years or something like that. So they mentioned something like this, which actually makes the fire in the child's, you know, heart even stronger because they really, really wanted to make it happen. And then later, the parents, that, you know, don't really need to do anything. And the kids keep running the whole thing and even hire the parents to do some work for them. Yeah, which I thought is amazing. I was like, wow, the kid really had to drive in order to persuade their parents to do something like this. You know, they really want it. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to circle back is the bubble that you were talking about. Basically, you were thinking the bubble that a lot of parents create is like a protection for the kids that they only live in the world that they they understood, right? Not the real world. Yeah. But you or, or some other parents, entrepreneur parents wanted to kind of break the bubble so that, you know, like your kids can actually live in the real world, seeing how real work, you know, what it takes to get specific things that you involve them in many, you know, like decision making or money making, you know, like uh, activities and stuff. So those are the bubble that you were talking about, right? Like basically deriving it from a protected thing some parents created or the kids would never learn. Yeah, but then go outside of the bubble to do something related to the real world and so that they can learn something that's beyond the bubble. Yeah, because like like personally, like I don't even like that terminology, the real world, I'm, because I'm like, we're in the real world. So the fact that we use that demonstrates or illustrates that we are not, that we have a bubble because other it's just the world, I, you know, you know, you, you can hear kids, well, I wasn't really prepared to go into the real world because I had never, you know, I had never managed my own budget. You know, I'd never done these things. That's not real world. It's like, what are we preparing our kids for um, to be always dependent upon us? Definitely. Yeah. Because when we would think about kids, everything is created in this perfect world where you don't have to worry about failure. You don't have to worry about a lot of things and everything is well taken care of for you. And that's the world's, you know, kids think they supposed to stay. And that's why it was never related, you know, to the real world. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. yeah that's yeah. not real. Yeah, that's not real. Yeah. And and I actually like to use the term real world a lot because I know the world that a lot of kids living is not the real world. Yeah. So you have created almost 90 episodes now. And we talked a little bit like, you know, the general things that you learned from the kid entrepreneurs or parents. Which episodes are your favorite? Um, like, do you have stories or specific names that you can share with us? Yeah. So, um, one young lady that I just, her name is Mahika, and I cannot remember what her last name is, but um, she started an organization that um, goes abroad in Africa 
and she hosts workshops with young people in Africa to teach them kind of design thinking so that they can solve their own problems. And I just, her energy and just her confidence, I was just like, wow. I, I can't even imagine being 13 or 14 years old. Um, doing that and, level. Yeah, and seeing that way. I'm like, wow. So that's the thing. I'm like, wow, parent, what did you do? What did you do to pour into that girl? So I, I, she, I was just highly impressed by her. Um, from a business perspective, um, I had interviewed a young woman who had um, founded a company called Zolly Pops. Oh, heard of yeah. that yet. Yeah. And she, first of all, she was just great too. I mean, she's very confident young lady, but the concept and the idea, you know, her, her company now is really a family. I mean, her, her father is very much engaged in helping her from an operations standpoint. Her mom is involved, you know, from a marketing standpoint and she's the face of it. And it was her original, it was, came, it came out of her idea. Um, but um, but yeah, and you know, it's so funny because the boys, they had sent us some of their product and the boys loved it. Just absolutely. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that, I really enjoyed that, um, hearing her story. And then I had also interviewed a mother daughter duo, um, who had invented this hair barrette, Gabby Bowes. Yes. And that was, I had met her in person. Um, I was a judge at a pitch competition that she pitched at and she was just amazing. I was like, Oh, I need to have you on the podcast. And, um, and so it was just interesting. Yes. Her story. And then just watching her over the years, I've just watched them grow and where their products are going. Um, so I love those sorts of things, but then I also enjoy the stories, um, in this, in the, the ventures that the young people do that have a positive social impact. So I had interviewed this young girl named Chloe and her business is Chloe cares. And she gives out these care bags to homeless people. And so hers is a nonprofit organization, but, um, you know, she was 10 or 11, I think when I interviewed her, but I was talking with her and her mom and her mother was saying, you know, she was just in awe of her daughter on how she was able to just get up confidently and speak to just large groups of people. And, you know, reflecting back at 10 or 11, not, you know, being able to do something like that. And so she said that she had asked her daughter one time, like, Chloe, how do you, you know, get up there and just do it? And Chloe said, mom, sometimes you just got to put your big girl panties on. <laughs> just love that I was like oh my goodness that is so funny so yeah you know all of them are just amazing and you know the other thing is just what they come up with like I had interviewed in one of my early episodes a young boy um a young teenager he's on the west coast and he um essentially he flips clothes, urban streetwear. And so um, he will go to a place to buy this urban streetwear that's hard to get. And then he resells it online at, at a profit. And, you know, he's like 15 years old and making like $3,000 a month. I'm like, 
goodness gracious boy like how did you figure that out you know so it's just interesting when you see how they see opportunity you know gabby goodwin right we actually uh, first of all um me and uh, my friend Erica Swallow, we made a series of book called Entrepreneur Kid. Actually, Gabby was featured in our, one of our children's book. Yeah. And then that's why also uh, when I started the podcast that she was one of the early, you know, interview that I did. And I also met her in person back in 2016 or early 17, something like that. And later, last year, when I interviewed her, I see big changes, you know, like in terms of personality. And she talks about how she went from a shy girl to a girl CEO, right? And I really see that personality shine through from the years of development through entrepreneurship. And I was, you know, always amazed by mm, little, like younger entrepreneurs, like who have a tiny little idea, but stuck, you know, with the idea for years, selling one product and then getting it, you know, better and better and better. And I was just like blown away by how much persistence and, you know, the level of devotion they have yeah towards the business idea and how much they can they can you know like stick to it yeah that is amazing to hear right that is amazing I interviewed a woman she was no longer a child I mean she was like 27 years old when I interviewed her but she had started her business when she was 13 and she was still running it wow yes and she's still running it I mean that was like a couple years ago and her business is doing amazing and I was like, wow. I mean, like I used the products. I didn't even know I was using her products. I didn't know who she was. And it just so happened. I was like, oh, I use that product. I want to interview her and hear her story. And so, you know, to think at age 13, she created a venture that at 27, 28, 29 is still going. And also what I was so fascinated by this woman was that um, I was fascinated by the fact that she had built this business, had stuck with it. But in the meantime, she had gone to college, got her degree. She had got her master's degree. She had been working at Microsoft and still running her business. I, I was like, how? How does it work? Yeah, you know, <laughs> but the same thing for you, you know, like since you have a full time business, you are homeschooling your three sons and you're still doing this show part time and you probably have a lot other projects going on. So how do you find balance? This is something I, you know, like I am really I'm really interested in knowing. Um, yeah. Like are there any overlaps in between your business, you know, subjects like that or do you how do you handle that? Yeah. So, you know, I think like entrepreneurial people are idea people, right? It's like, oh, 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 let me try this. Let me try that. And I am no different, you know, but what I'm trying to do is really my life. I really see my life focused in two areas. One is, um, I mean, I'm not forgetting my family, but is my business core strategy partners and then raising entrepreneurs. And, and there is no balance because right now I'm probably skewed more to core strategy partners and less toward raising entrepreneurs. At one point it was more raising entrepreneurs and, you know, less core strategy partners. And now it's flipped. And I'm hoping that at some point 
I can get back to focusing more on raising entrepreneurs. So raising entrepreneurs has a cycle that we work on since we have that fair that I put on. And so come like April, May, I'll begin working on that to get that out. But I do need to figure out how to get the word out and get the resource that we've created out into the community because I just haven't had the time. So there is, and then I got kids, right? And I'm a wife as well as a mom, you know? Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I believe in a balance because everything is going to skew at different times in your life. And I think, you know, I struggle with that as a mom. I think, you know, and I've always, I've always been a working mom. And so, you know, they talk about that mommy guilt. I have that most definitely. And the work that I've done has always been work that has put me out. Um, whether I've been out traveling and speaking, it just puts me out. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I hear stories with my kids. They're like, oh, yeah, mom, you weren't there when that happened. We, you were traveling. <laughs> you know? Like, okay, I was. And now with my consulting business, I'm still, you know, I'm traveling a lot too, you know. Um, so yeah, so balance. Yeah. All mingled together, basically. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of have to. Yeah. Everybody only have has like 24 hours a day. So the way how you balance everything is to. But you of- know, yeah, but you know something. So I always and this is something recent. You know, I'm always complaining like, oh, I need more hours, I need more hours, I need more hours in a day, right? And then I think back to people, you know, in life, you know, in history who just seem to do a lot, like Frederick Douglass. I'm like, gosh, that guy used to write these huge, long speeches. And this is like in the 1800s, and he did this and that. I'm like, how did they do all of that in 24 hours? I need more time. And so lately, I've been checking myself because I'm like, okay, I don't need more time. God created 24 hours. So if that's what God did, I got to trust that God knew what God was talking about and doing and creating 24 hours. So everything that I need to do, I should be able to do it in my waking hours. But one of the things I think that helps other people um, that is able is that you you can't you got to find leverage and we find leverage and i talked about this earlier is when we're able to tap into resources that of other people maybe it's other human resources and their talent um it, we can get we because we can't do it all by ourselves we can't and if we try to do it all by ourselves it we would kill over and i know for me if I didn't have my husband, if I were a single parent trying to do this, my mom was a single parent. I can't even imagine um, how she raised me and my brother, you know, because I, you know, I get frustrated with my three kids and I have a husband. I can just say, go, go to your dad. <laughs> you know, just leave me alone. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we, you know, we have to, in order to do all this, we have to have community. We have to have people. 
um, we have to leverage resources. Yes, definitely. And then nowadays with the technology so accessible, like everything is a click away and the learning path is way shorter, right? For a lot of things. So if we have the drive, why don't you do that? And I think it is possible that we can still do a lot in 24 hours. Yeah. But the downside is also like you get a so many distractions everywhere, yeah, where you can lose some time. To wrap up our conversation, um, this question I think um, definitely is right in your alley because for parents, you know, especially you have this podcast and also you have so many years of experience developing programs for entrepreneurs. Do you have suggestions? for parents who wanted to raise entrepreneur kids. I know you are trying to do the same and you have interviewed many parents for the same. And if you would give out two to three suggestions, what would it be? So one is, I I always say, I think we ought to make our kids pay for their wants. Um, you know, like I say, you can parent to raise an entitled kid or you can parent and raise a kid who is self-reliant. And I think most of us want kids who are self-reliant, honestly. Um, and I think the way you do that is you begin to make them pay for their wants. And, and that can look a lot of different ways, beginning as early as three or four years old. We were doing this at three or four years old. Up until now, where my kids, like I said, are 10, 12, and 13, where it's just normal for them. They don't ask me and us to buy them things. They know that if they want something, then they're going to have to earn the money to get it. And so um, an example was we, in October of last year, November, October, November last year, we traveled to Tanzania. We did a mission trip. And I made my boys pay for their own airline ticket. Wow. Right. $900 each. And they... They didn't balk at the idea. They just got to hustling and doing what they need to do because they really wanted to go. Because I was like, if you guys, I said, you can't go if you can't pay for your own way. So they were like, okay. So they were just working toward it. And so I think that's the first thing is that parents should make their kids pay for their wants. Um, The other thing that I think that um, parents should do is, like I said, you know, let them let them lead with their delights. Let them have the opportunity to really explore those delights and then encourage them to see how they might use those delights and turn it and create value for others um, so that they can see the value and the benefit, um, see how the two connect together. Um, I think is so is, is so important. Um, and, and, and then the other thing that I also talk about is I feel like I tell, I say, you got to let the kids be bored, let them be bored. And I know for parents that can be like, ah, no, I need to have my kids doing something at all times. But I think we have this culture where we really over schedule our children and creativity occurs during those downtimes. If, um, if you're just always going, 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 it's hard to think creatively. You need to, you need that time. And I think our children need that time as well. And so I think parents, um, would do well to, um, relax the schedule 
and allow the kids to be bored and to come up with creative solutions to things. And I think part of that is not letting them be so attached to technology and games um, as a crutch. And so I always talk about using technology as a tool and not as a toy. And, um, you know, and so when I say as a tool, I mean, it's a great, these, you know, this stuff here is a great, a great learning. I mean, they can learn so much. My, my 11 year old, almost 12, he has, he has, he's a talented artist and um, he's budding. He's a budding artist. And it's just something that he just started doing. And, and I remember one day he had done his own research online. He said, mom, can I take this class on Skillshare? I didn't even know about Skillshare. And he wanted to take a drawing class. I was like, sure. And then he came back to me another time. He's like, mom, I want to understand color th theory or something, you know, and how laying colors. Can I take another class? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. You know? And so what happens is, is they begin to direct their own learning based on what they are interested in when we allow them to lead with those delights. And that's the real world, right? I mean, you're doing this podcast because of your interest. Nobody's telling you to do this. You're doing this because of your interest. And we know that in the professional world, we thrive when we are able to pursue those projects, even at work, that really get us excited. And so we want to do that for our children as well. Definitely. I think suggestions coming from you, especially who you have three kids and you wanted to raise your kids as entrepreneurs at the same time you interview so many parents. And even you are saying, well, we need to give some downtime for our kids to, you know, be bored and be creative. And I, I just think that's so important and essential, especially in a competitive world. So many parents are trying to arrange so many different programs, classes and things for kids. And they may not reject, they will just go, but that also has a cost. You know, the kids start stopped thinking about what they really want or what they really wanted to learn because you will have an arrangement for them anyway, so they don't need to think about it, right? So I think it's so important that you give them such space for them to start thinking what are they really interested in and they can learn on their own. And when they come to you, that is the time actually... Um, you know, it's important for you to support because the drive is coming from them, not the push from you. Yeah. And and I think it's important. It's very, very interesting to hear this from you, you know, like someone we may think like maybe you'll have a lot of things planned for your kids, but actually you are on the other side where you wanted to give the space for your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that my kids are not in a lot of activities because, um, Personally, I just don't want to spend my weekends going to soccer games and football games. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So I'm not, they're not signed up for it. And, and so very chill parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, go outside and play. So yes. Okay. So one last thing, um, do you have any um, resources or tools, things you wanted to share, you know, websites or podcasts and where can people find you? What, uh, you know, like social media, webs, um, your website or even Facebook group? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all Raising Entrepreneurs um, podcast. So on Instagram, it's Raising Entrepreneurs podcast. On Facebook group, we have Raising Entrepreneurs Movement is what that is. Um, You can go to RaisingEntrepreneurs.co and there you can find the resource Beyond the Lemonade Stand. And then you can also go to RaisingEntrepreneursPodcast.com just to see all of our different episodes. And you can also get them on Apple iTunes and um, Google Play and those sorts of things. Um, Yeah, I think that's all of the places, Facebook, Instagram, online. That's where we are. Yep, yep, yep. But I, I do have one thing. So the last time when we were about to speak, I had asked the boys, what advice would you give for kids in entrepreneurship? So I have four things that my sons came up with that I'd like to share. Wow. We'd love to hear it. Yep. Yeah. So one was never give up. So that was their first piece of advice. The second was think about the customer, not just ah. yourself. Um, the third thing was to set your priorities. And then the fourth thing is you have to have a reasonable price. So that was, those were the bits of advice that my sons gave for other kids who are thinking about entrepreneurship. Wow, that's great to hear. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think all of them are very, very important. Yeah, especially for kids who have not, you know, like been in business and thinking about customers and set a good price and stick to it and never give up. And all those things are fairly important Yeah, for them to learn. And those are the things that actually I talk a lot about too Yeah, uh, in some of the tips that I give through the podcast. Thank you so much. Tamika, it's really, really a pleasure to meet you. And thank you so much for your time. And you yourself as an entrepreneur, not only is an inspiration, you know, for many moms and entrepreneurs that are out there, but also even some of your side project and things that you're doing are creating impact for parents and for, for young kids out there who are looking, you know, towards um, entrepreneurship and learning something uh, that can change, impact their lives, you know, in the real world world yeah so thank you so much for the things that you do and yeah uh, we really hope that you will have amazing three sons you know like to grown up to be entrepreneurs and yeah and really to be the way how they wanted to be and i'm sure as a parent that you will you know devote a lot of time and effort homeschooling which is amazing to their development and their growth yeah so thank you so much <laughs> appreciate it thank you so much Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators Podcast at peachandplumlab.com.